0: another episode of the snap podcast this is part two of the new professional panel where they will answer questions about what it's like to go straight into working as a pediatric pt including settings such as early intervention and school based we introduced our panel members in part one of this two-part series go ahead and take a listen okay
1: perfect so the next Um, group of questions is all more job-based questions. So um, gearing a little bit more towards um, Chelsea, Andrea, and Kristen. So the first one is just, um, do you think it's difficult to get a pediatric job as a new grad um, and how do you really get started and what's the best way to market yourself?
2: Okay, I'll go. Um, (laughs) I don't think, Uh, Okay so I guess it depends on what your resume looks like and who you've networked with. Um, If you have that great foundation and you're involved in multiple settings um, it's all about who you know not always what you know right from the start. Um, And like I said I started in ortho and I got that job because my PCA I was a PCA for a guy with ALS who happened to be the president of a big company out here. And then um, I got that job, and then that job swung me into the peds job. And I literally left that job three months after I started, which is not always the best move, but that's what happened, and they supported me through that, so. And I will say the salary part, um, starting in Artho actually upshot my salary quite a bit, because I didn't take a pay cut. only took a raise within three months of my job so i mean it's not a tactic that i would recommend but it did help me so um yeah and i also would like to apologize for my out of breath i'm 36 weeks pregnant so (laughs) i'm like that's because i have a baby pushing on my lungs so
3: um i'll kind of go off of what andrea said so I also went in to job right after graduation, and I wasn't in a pediatric setting. Um, So I moved from my local program in Oregon back home to Washington, which was even more difficult because I feel like when you're in your school program, you get to network with a lot of local professionals, whether through clinical, through your school, or just networking in general. And so I had to do a little bit extra work to kind of once I moved back home to find those pediatric uh, clinics and professionals that I wanted to kind of align my goals with, um, and so when I was applying for jobs, I feel like I didn't want to limit myself because I was in my first year of practicing, and I really wanted to use all the skills that I gained in my PT program, including ortho and neuro and um, vestibular. And I, so I ended up turning down a pediatric job because I didn't feel like it had very well um, good mentorship and didn't have use evidence-based practices. And I ended up taking a job in adult, ortho, and neuro. Even though it wasn't my first choice, I knew I could kind of broaden my skills and see a wider variety of populations within the outpatient setting. Um, And in terms of like how I market myself, I would kind of agree with Andrea, it's really about who you know. Um, So really having strong references. And I would recommend having three different types of references. So someone that can, you know, Speak to your work ethic and how you do working together as a team. And it doesn't always have to be a physical therapy setting if you work somewhere for a long period of time. Um, Someone who can speak on your academic academic success and how you were in school and handling deadlines and, you know, um, challenges like that. And then someone who could speak on your clinical experience. So a clinical instructor that really got to, you know, see how you developed through your clinical experience um, and use that to kind of as some of your talking points. And again, just make yourself a well-rounded candidate, Um, include your extracurriculars. I was really involved with Go Baby Go and Adaptive Sports. And that was really outside my pediatric clinical. That was the only pediatric experience that I had. But I knew I wanted to do kids, but I also wanted to keep my opportunities open. Yeah, I I think if you're willing to move, there are pediatric jobs available. When it becomes
4: harder is, just like Kristen said, finding a pediatric job that is evidence-based, that practices evidence-based. in everything that they do, but also one that provides good mentorship and and has good benefits. So when I accepted my first job, I was commuting over an hour each way. um, And that was the type of sacrifice that I made. Uh, But I was ready to move to a different state or region if I needed to, because that's what I was looking for. In the same flip of the coin though, I was considering other positions just like Kristen had talked to. I was considering going into a neuro setting or an inpatient setting because that doesn't put set you back as a candidate if you start to look for a pedi- pediatric position in the future. Uh, it just kind of shows that you have some experience under your belt. Um, how to best market yourself, really have a killer resume. Make sure you've gone over it, make sure there aren't any mistakes make sure that you have good formatting that makes sense and really nail that cover letter which is tailored to each position that you're considering and marketing yourself for because that makes a difference that allows them to see you as a person before they get to talk to you Um, and then I would also say that I sent my resume off to people who didn't have a job position. up. I sent my resume to private practices in the area that I thought looked like a great opportunity. And I did receive an interview and an offer from a from, uh, practice just like that, just by sending my resume off to uh, the contact information email. Um, and overall, I, I think just showing, just like Kristen and Andrea had mentioned, just showing yourself as a committed uh, candidate, making sure that you are you have all those things behind you that show you're interested in pediatrics, um, and you're willing to learn, too.
1: Awesome. Um, I'm not sure how different the this answer will be from the residency one, but do you guys have any interview tips for jobs?
3: I'll kind of speak on this one. I would just say let your personality shine through. Be yourself, you will know if that's not the right fit for you so just as much as they're trying to find their fit you will know if, in your gut if that's not the right fit for you i had lots of job interviews and offered great benefits but if i didn't feel that connection with those team members then it's not going to be a good experience for me so i would just say as much as you can let your personality shine and all the strengths that you have
2: yeah i agree with that um... I will say I'm on the flip side of being the person that now does interviews. Um, And I really like the candidates that if you see me like lean back in my chair and my body language changes, like you're solid. Um, And then I would just say like, always stay positive. If you don't know an answer, that's okay. I don't expect you to know everything. Also, I am gonna mention that I actually prefer new grads because then I can help shape and form you and your clinical thinking and reasoning and you can shape and form our clinic. Um, So really own it and have confidence in what you know and don't know and want to learn. Um, Because if I see that you're a go-getter and an active worker and you had challenges but that's okay because we all do and you have some failures and that's okay because trust me I failed a lot in my first several years and continue to do so but I continue to learn from them. that's, that's what I'm looking for in, in a candidate. Yeah, I think practice, practice, practice.
4: There's so many resources out there that we pretty much understand the questions that are gonna come to us as interview candidates. And I think practice has really pushed me over the edge in those positions where I've really killed the interview. Um, I, I didn't like to do it, but to sit there with somebody who has your interests at heart and for them to ask you the questions and give you feedback is really difficult, but so necessary because you're able to shape and to create answers that you've thought about. And I think when you come across that way, it makes you just like Kristen and Andrea said, it allows your personality to come through and it allows some of that anxiety to kind of dissipate after the first few questions because you know what you're gonna say and you know your resume. So definitely practice, practice, practice is one of my huge interview tips because it lets you be yourself just like Kristen and Andrea were saying.
1: Okay, so um, how long prior to graduating should you actively be applying for pediatric jobs? Um, And then I guess um, a little bit more specifically with hospital-based, what are some ways a new grad can get to know a hospital system or the employer prior to applying for an open position so that you can have that networking and um, stuff?
3: I'll just speak briefly to uh, when I started applying. So I think a lot of it depends on when you're planning on taking your boards. I knew I wanted to take my boards prior to graduation because my program allowed it and I wanted to get into working as soon as possible because i just didn't want to have that lapse between and lose any of the valuable knowledge i just gained over the last three years um so if you're up to working right away i started early i started i graduated in may i started probably back in february march now guarantee that was kind of soft applying just getting my resume in order cover letter researching places i would like to work at in my local community Um, and then i really started getting after it probably at the beginning of april um, and was actually able to have a job secured before graduation. So I think that just depends on your preference and where you feel like you can balance finishing clinical, studying for boards, and applying. It's kind of all depends on where you're at. My
4: program, you you couldn't take boards before graduation or before finishing your final clinical. Uh, so we were only eligible for July boards. And I decided that um, I wouldn't start even I had my resume completed and worked up, but I didn't start actively looking for positions until I started studying for boards. So I can't remember what that was, maybe the end of May. And I really thought that um, I was really looking for a job at my last clinical location uh, at a a children's hospital. Um, So I was really banking on that. And uh, that ended up not panning out because they hired somebody with a lot of experience um so i wasn't the best candidate for that so i wasn't able to stay on there but um, i didn't start working after taking july boards until the middle of august Uh, that timeline worked for me and um, my unit and i was able to financially sustain that so i could hold out a little bit Uh, but when that first when i didn't when that first job didn't pan out i did consider looking into other positions um, before also applying to some of the open pediatric positions as well.
2: And I, I agree with both Chelsea and Kristen. Um, I think it really depends on what you feel and what works for you on when to apply, but for getting to know a hospital system, um, volunteering there, trying to do some of their research for them, um, that's how I, um, well, first off, got into PT school was I did that and then continued it throughout PT school, so. That's how I worked for children's hospital and clinics in Minnesota uh, for a bit. And then, you know, you you just kind of have to keep watching the when the applications come out. I would say it's actually it's never too soon to apply because maybe they are looking for, you know, like for up for my position. Um, like I'm only coming back part-time to start. So we hired someone back in February, but they could have I could have hired a, a brain spank New Grad and said, you know, make sure you take your boards in April and I'm having the baby hopefully in July. So, you know, you never know what they're actually looking for. Um, so there's not there's not a right or wrong.
3: Um, kind of to piggyback off of that. So how I got my first pediatric job was actually working PRN at Shriners Hospital um, for children. So they had an application because someone was about to go on maternity leave and they just needed some inpatient coverage. And so I took it on myself while working full time in outpatient ortho to take that on just to get my foot in the door and really learn the hospital system. So I think PRN jobs or on-call positions are a great start to especially in the hospital systems to kind of get your foot in the door. Um, And from there, I was offered more uh, scheduling. You know, I could end up taking on more if I wanted to and fill that up. Um, Another thing to consider when you're applying, a lot of hospitals, they hire on their fiscal year. So look at when their fiscal year is up. It's usually June or July. So that's usually sometimes when they get approved for that next part of their budget where they can do more hiring. So if you're interested in getting into a hospital system, that's something to consider as well too, that you might have a better opportunity or more applications available at those times of the year.
1: Awesome, okay, so um, this is very relevant to right now. Um, so how can you best market yourself for a pediatric job as a new grad, um, especially if you have um, just a little bit or even no pediatric clinical experience? I know a lot of students right now, a lot of their clinical experiences have been cut short or just canceled um, and are really struggling to get a pediatric clinical um, and things like that. So. What, what are the things that can be done in school to set yourself up for success um, as a new grad hoping to enter a pediatric job, especially if you might not have much clinical experience in PEDS?
5: So when I was in school, I was terrified that I would not get a PEDS clinical. There was like 10 or 12 of us that wanted one, and there was like five total. So I was like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen if I don't have any of this experience? So my uh, mentors told me to do like CEU courses. Um, right now, a ton of them are free. So, do the courses that are interesting to you that are in pediatrics areas that you want to know about. Even throw in some telehealth courses since there's there's free ones on the APTA website right now um, to show that you're investing in the education that you want to get and that you have done that at work yourself. Um, if you didn't have the clinical experience, you can also like like Josie mentioned earlier, like volunteer in pediatric settings, um, because that still gives you some um, insight on how to like work with kids, how families work. I mean, you can even like watching the kids move is even helpful in the future. So you kind of know like how kids go through those different stages. Um, So there's a lot you can do if you don't get a PEEDS clinical. Um, Some of my friends didn't and they still got peach jobs too.
4: If you, um, just like Josie said a while ago, the world of peace is tiny and then to add on what bridget said everything's available virtually right now so the barriers of needing to travel to places and the barriers of maybe not living in the state you wish to practice in in the future those barriers are gone so really take a hold of that and start getting involved and go to ceu courses just like bridget had said and i think um some of the links are already there in the chat but also Get involved in your local chapters because we see that. We see who's getting involved. We see who wants to really market themselves in the world of pediatrics. And if you start volunteering your time in these different areas, then that makes you a better candidate. Nobody can control what's happening in the world right now. You know, many people, many pediatric therapists aren't even working currently. So, what happens with the job market in the future, I don't think anybody knows. There's hiring holds all over the place. There's telehealth happening in nearly, I can't even tell how many states. Um, So take advantage of some of those things and strengthen your resume. That's really what you can do and get involved in those things that show pediatrics is is what you wanna be doing. But if you're not sure if pediatrics is what you want to be doing, still get involved in those things because it's easy to, to change track it's not easy to go back and add things into your resume that you haven't done yet
2: and then don't forget about your high school and college experiences um, especially if you didn't get right into anything um, for a clinical rotation Um, if you have any high school experience with like coaching um, or even being on a team or it goes into college um, yeah it's it's different type of stuff, but you can definitely speak on it, especially for your first job. Um, So don't, don't feel afraid about using high school and, and your college stuff.
0: I would just say too, remember that pediatrics is a huge world. It's basically just like the adult world in small humans. Of course, we have our own like pediatric diagnoses that Um, We probably are going to see more often than like an outpatient ortho would, but pull in your experiences from other clinicals. I mean, we see athletes, we see vestibular issues. Uh, A majority of our patients have neuro issues. So I think if you can relate those experiences and the lessons that you've learned in other settings and bring that into pediatrics, it also makes you a well-rounded clinician because you could be bringing something into a clinic where there's clinicians who have only been seeing pediatrics for a long time and you say, hey, I was at this you know, state-of-the-art neuroclinic or we really specialize in vestibular rehab and I think this could be something we could learn about or you know, I could bring to the table here. And clinics are really interested in that. So play up your other experiences. It doesn't have to just be kids.
1: Absolutely, I love that. Um, I actually have input to um, Bridget brought up the CEUs and although these are not CEU courses they're also very interesting in case anyone wanted to like learn a little bit more or watch a lecture if you go to the WCPT website the World Confederation of Physical Therapy website you can look at their past congresses and when you l- click on some of the congresses and you go you can click on some of the links to like their they have um, like bigger lectures in a, in a large auditorium and some of them are recorded so you can actually watch some of those lectures for free Um, and those are from clinicians from all over the world Um, and there's quite a few pediatric ones so um, that is something that I learned recently um, and could be very interesting so you don't get CEUs from them but they're free courses so kind of fun to learn about. Um, So then I guess going off of the pandemic right now as well. Um, What do you guys suggest for new grads looking for jobs right now during the current pandemic with all these hiring freezes and hiring holds?
3: Um, One advice that I will just give is that keep in contact with the people that you want to stay connected with in the pediatric world. So I went back to like my pediatric professor and um, leaders that are part of the APPT and also just old clinical instructors and just constantly kept in contact. Hey, do you know of any pediatric physicians? Do you know, any positions at your clinic, you know, and just keep in, keep relevant um, so that they will think of you when a job comes around, but also don't be scared to not take your dream job right away. I know I was terrified when I got gotten ortho and I'm like, am I ever gonna get pediatric experience? and it all, timing all works out, you know, so I really valued working for those first six months in outpatient ortho, and it actually did help, like Josie said, a lot of my um, clinical skills that I use with a lot of my pediatric patients, even small infants, just learning different handling, and just how to communicate with um, patients and their families, because even though you work with these little ones, you still have to communicate with their families and they are adults and you have to learn to be able to have those type of conversations. And I think sometimes working in other settings besides pediatrics helps you kind of build those skills as well.
0: I would say be dynamic too. I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat as all of you guys that are about to graduate PT school or just graduated PT school because my residency is coming to an end, um, which means that my one-year contract is coming to an end. So I'm on the hunt for a job too. And just having that flexibility and saying, hey, if this is really an area I want to work in, like Kristen said, be all about those PRN jobs and make yourself available. Maybe you don't have the best hours right away. Maybe it's not the salary that you wanted right away. Make sure that you're just looking at what's important to you. Is it going to get you closer to where you want to go? And is there a way that you can work towards a goal? So maybe you're not clinically working towards a goal, but it puts you in an area where you can start putting some of those extracurriculars on your resume um, or gets you closer to one of your mentors where maybe it's somebody that you can bounce ideas off of.
2: Yeah, I would say just be flexible right now. I mean, that's how I would I actually recommend all new professionals be just flexible with in whatever you're going to do um, because it's an interesting time, but it's also um we are still seeing job applications come through um and the academy also sends out job postings too so there are still jobs available in the peds world but just be flexible i will say i hired someone from long-term care facility and like end of life beginning of life it's pretty much the same okay
1: so um i know we talked a little bit about part-time jobs and full-time jobs. So I don't think we have to answer it too in depth, but if just like one or two of you want to go into the advantages and disadvantages of taking multiple part-time jobs versus taking one full-time job um, in peds, that'd be great.
3: So I will just speak quickly on that. I When I had left my outpatient ortho job, I was just given a day or two at Shriners and just starting my caseload at, in the eye setting. So I had to build my caseload. So it was two part-time jobs. And it was challenging at first to go from an EI setting and then into more of the outpatient orthopedic setting um, with kids. But I think it was really valuable for me looking back at it, going back and forth. And it kind of let me see what aspects of each setting I really like and maybe where I want to build my niche or expertise in. Um, And so I got some opportunities that I wouldn't get if I just worked one full-time job. Um, I got to be involved in, you know, the sports um, post concussive treatment and help run that with the clinic at Shriner. So just interesting things that you would never get if you just were limiting yourself to one job. But then also don't spread yourself too thin, because I will say it is valuable to have some downtime, especially as a new grad. You're going to be constantly researching, you know, things to do with patients or just like, what is this diagnosis? And don't spread yourself too thin and be working three jobs and have no time off for yourself on the weekends or whenever your day off is.
2: Agreed, Kristen, because that's what I did. Um, So I've never actually just had one job. I still have two jobs. Um, I work at Children's Therapy and then Fix-It Physical Therapy. It's a manual-based company that's privately owned and cash-based. But yeah, um, at one point, I had five jobs at once with a full-time job in that um don't spread yourself too thin um and then also remember like i took i took a lot of the jobs because i wanted to work with those different types of people and different mentors but then um it just doesn't always work out and i had to say no to two of them um at once because i also couldn't do it with a pregnant brain so um yeah don't spread yourself too thin but i do like the multiple jobs like I still have more than one. I have three, and because um, one's a um, my own company, I have my own company as well. So um, yeah, do what you want to do. Make it your own life, have fun, build your own success.
4: I think some of the challenging disadvantages of having a PRN job as a new graduate are that you're more likely you're more likely, not necessarily all the time, but more likely to work alone and you may not be able to connect as well with your colleagues. So you really have to think about that when you're you are taking a job where maybe you're fulfilling hours that they need in a spot that um, that is super specific. Um, and then also there's just different systems to learn every time you're jumping into a new company. Uh, and there's really lack of advancement. So as long as that position, you see a way for yourself to advance, because that, if that's your goal, um, then by all means the advantages are resume building quickly, flexibility in hours, getting your foot in the door. Um, but you really have to remember some of those disadvantages and make sure that they work for you and um, your family, uh, especially some of, if you're losing some of those benefits such as healthcare and retirement.
1: Awesome, Um, so what tips do you guys have for new grads that are getting their bearings on working in a new job, um, coming right
4: out of schooling? Oh my gosh, it's hard, hard, hard. Um, When jumping into the field of pediatrics, and I can't speak to those who started maybe um, in an adult position, um, but starting in pediatrics, and I started with 10-hour days, which is not something that's uncommon in the world of pediatrics to work 10-hour days uh, in on the East Coast where I was located, uh, but it was really hard. So I really had to prepare myself for that. And I put a lot of work in after hours. So I would see nine patients that day for an hour each. And then I was also putting in time to make sure my documentation was complete, but then to research if... and if I was doing what I wanted to be doing with those patients and how I could make myself a better clinician. Um, So I think that rings true with many new graduate positions in any professional field is um, that you have to be ready to work more than a 40-hour week if you take a full-time job because that's how you excel at what you're doing and learn.
3: Um, One thing I will just say, just be prepared that you definitely will not know everything Um, and It's always learning day by day, different patients, different cases. Um, One thing that I would say is that definitely set up a good, like, good organization pattern, just time management, because I feel like that was something I had a lot of clinical instructors really push on me, and I didn't get it because I was like, I'm just trying to stay afloat, but really dedicate, try to stay on time with your management, because otherwise you're going to feel like you're drowning in paperwork, Um, and it can be really hard to kind of break those habits once you start them. Um, so expect to work long hours like Chelsea said, but try to manage yourself and give, find those little breaks where you can fit in extra documentation or calling a doctor or emailing parents. Um, anything you can to just try to make yourself as effective
5: and efficient um, I think will help you and your stress. So this isn't for every single um, job that you will get as a new grad, but I think learning your resources that you have at your clinic or around you is super important. Um, I'm really lucky where I am that we have a ton of resources. So when I started, I was trying to call the doctors to get all my referrals and doing all of that kind of extra like work when we have people that will do that for us when we don't have time to do it. So I had no idea that I had uh, someone else to help me with all of this stuff. So figure out your resources, where, where things are within whatever system you end up in. Like we have a whole like online resource hub that I can find like things to print off for families like easily and quickly so take like some extra time I mean even if you have to like sit down after work like and go through this kind of stuff but take extra time to find out where your resources are either online or in the clinic so that you don't have to spend time looking for that kind of stuff and that doesn't have to stress you out like you know your layout really well and all the other stuff will just come.
2: Um, At my clinic we're all very close and interconnected and so Um, If you ever have questions, always feel free to go and ask the question immediately Um, and don't just wait until the end of the day. Um, And then also just just realize just have fun. Like you made it, you made it this far. You got through PT school. Gosh, you did boards. Gosh, that test is wonderful. Um, So, you know, just have fun with it and the more fun you have and the realize that it's not gonna be perfect, it's not gonna be pretty but you're gonna get through it. Um, and you will hit burnout at one point. So be accepting of that and realize that it's just normal. Um, and when you hit burnout, that's when you turn to your colleagues and your network team. Um, and it's bigger for some people, less for other people, but every single clinician that I've talked to has hit it at some point. Um, so just be grateful, have fun, put your own success in where you want it. And
0: um, yeah, it's a great career. It's really fun. I think, Dill. I know that we've all spoken to this now, and I think that it just kind of makes my point. Um, it's important to take the initiative to look for answers if you have a question. But also, people enjoy sharing their experiences with you. As experienced clinicians, um, they enjoy being able to mentor you and helping you grow. Like Andrea said, and so go and ask them the questions. I don't think I can reiterate that enough. I think at first, as a new grad, I kind of thought of that as Um, a little bit of self-failure that I didn't know enough or I wasn't looking in the right places. But if you've gone and you've looked and you can say, hey, I took the initiative. I tried to find some research, couldn't really find anything, which is totally normal in pediatrics. You know, what's your experience? Have you ever seen anything like this? What would you do? Do you have something I should try? People enjoy sharing those experiences with you and it'll only make you a better clinician and cause your colleagues to also critically think about what's happening in the clinic.
1: Awesome. Okay. So this next question is very specific to EI slash school-based PT. Um, So is it easy, hard to get an EI job as a new grad? Um, If you don't mind speaking on what the pay is like, but you do not have to. Um, And then I guess just in general, like, are there any settings you wouldn't recommend a new grad taking on? I think this question is really surrounding the fact that a lot of students um, are afraid to take jobs in EI and um, school-based because they feel like they don't have the mentorship they're on their own Um, so just speaking on those couple of questions within EI and school-based.
3: Well I will answer that since I currently am working in the EI setting. Um, So the first question is it hard? I will say that varies on your location and how many EI um, serving clinics are in your area. So where I live in Spokane, there's about six or seven different providers, whether they're private clinics or um, funded through the IDA, um, that provide early intervention services. So for me, my, I ended up just applying for job because it was opening and my director wanted to hire a new grad. She's like, I want the fresh ideas. I want you to kind of make this your own position. Um, it was ultimately terrifying because I didn't have clinical and early intervention. I worked um, in an outpatient hospital-based setting and saw, uh, was in the NICU a little bit and did NICU follow-up. So that was really my only experience with really little ones. But I knew I wanted to work with the younger um, kiddos. But um, yeah, I think it's just very intimidating, EI in school-based settings, because you are on your own a lot. You're going into people's homes. You are going, you know, into the school setting. and I will say the one strength of the EI setting, um, I can't speak for school based since I'm not there, is there is usually a very strong multidisciplinary team. So use that as your resources and people you can bounce ideas, people who have been practicing for a long time. Um, And you know I went into this EI job, it's only me and one other new grad and so I was terrified and yes I was looking for that mentorship so I actively had to seek it out and The APPT mentoring program is excellent. Um, I have been working um, with my mentor for the last couple months, and it's just been helpful to talk through treatment techniques and ideas. And you know, is that you're going to deal with a lot of not just what the kid's diagnosis is or, you know, their developmental delay, but you're going to be dealing with a lot of families, their um, societal issues, you know. there's a lot of involvement of um, Child Protective Services and there's, some, there's um, cases of abuse and trauma. And so you really have to be able to handle all those aspects that can be really draining. I will say that, and it's hard, um, especially if you're feeling like you're alone on that. So um, use your resources around you, definitely get a mentor through if you don't have one set up directly through your work. Um, and just you know continue to educate yourself one thing that I think has helped me a lot as working in EI as a new grad is using the resources from the EI SIG. So join those SIGs; they are super helpful. I have gotten so many resources from the EI SIG. Um, it has helped with my professional development too, using their EI competencies and helping develop like a professional development plan that I can look through and work through with my mentor. Um, and I use all their fact sheets and CPGs. Um, Those are really important, just to kind of have a good understanding of those, to just have a good groundwork when you're working in the EI setting. Um, And then in terms of pay, I, like Andrea, was coming from an outpatient orthopedic setting, so I had a little bit of negotiating ground to actually get paid relatively more than most of my other um, EI colleagues in the area. So again, compare um different ei agencies um because each agency gets different types of funding and also it varies state to state so i can only speak for washington and where i'm at so really do the research on you know infant toddler networks within your area and where the referral sources come from um, where the funding comes from because it's not just through the ida um, and some it's not you don't always get the best reimbursement through insurances so I'd say look at all those aspects. And the other thing I was really looking for when I got, took this job in is I wanted to make sure I had a lot of funds towards continuing education. I love attending conferences through the APTA and ABTAC and CSM, and I find those very valuable to me as a professional and for my leadership development. Um, so if those things are important for you, make sure to ask for those things. Even if you need to take you know, a pay cut or you have to work different hours, you just have to be flexible as a new
0: grad in these settings. Can I just say something? This is really really quick. Um, It's an excellent question and like Kristen said she obviously has a ton to share about it because it is kind of uh, area in pediatrics where there's a lot of warnings and cautions before going in as a new grad and making sure that you have all the resources available. We spoke with the early intervention and school-based SIGs on our podcast and they speak specifically to Um, new grads going into their settings and the resources that they have for them. So if you're looking for more information, um, those are also a good source to look at. And then they give you even more resources on top of what Kristen already stated.
1: Perfect. Okay, so last topic before I ask the final question, because I know there was quite a few questions about it. So just speaking in terms of the PCS, so actually specializing, um, I know for a fact that Chelsea just took it. I don't know about the rest of you, but um, in terms of specializing, kind of what are the benefits of it? Um, do you get paid more? That seems to be a very common question. <laughs> um, and then do you feel like, I know basically they were asking um, for those who have their PCS or went for it, did you go through a residency? Is there another way to do that? Um, a better way? Um, so yeah,
4: just, I guess all things PCS. <laughs> Yeah, so PCS is technically um, really certifying you as a specialist within the world of pediatrics. Uh, But how you should think about it a little bit is that when you go and practice full time in pediatrics, you're essentially choosing a specialization. Um, You don't need to just take the PCS to really market yourself as a specialist because um it it is one area of pediatrics so when you choose to take the pcs that's essentially just taking you from you know deciding to work just with children to then being an expert in that area um, so I like to think about it a little bit like that way. And for example, if you say you want to teach, you start with, you know, do I want to be a college professor or do I want to teach kids? And then after I get that nailed down, okay, kids, well, do I want to be a subject matter expert or do I want to be in the general population or special education? So what the PCS allows you to do, it allows you to get that, special, that, um, that critical thinking and, and get you on the same level as others who have taken the PCS on the general level. And then you see people who then again look to to specialize even further within the NICU or within outpatient pediatrics hospital-based or um, in school-based or in EI. So you have to really think of pediatrics as as this big bucket, really. Um, And as soon as you jump into the world of pediatrics full-time, a lot of people look at you as specializing in that way. Um, Do you get more if you specialize and specialize, let's say, talking about being an expert after taking the PCS? Many places you don't. Um, That is something that a lot of people are talking about and something that um, many people consider when they decide to do a residency or not. Uh, But really what I gained in equity in other ways uh, really allowed me to see the the, um, opportunity that having, um, going for the test and trying for my PCS uh, would give me kind of more laterality in the field. If you market yourself as a PCS, there's some level that Everybody knows the basic information that you know, because you've passed a test, just like you've passed boards. Um, So that's kind of how I look at it that way. And, you know, do you have to go through a residency before you take your PCS? Of course not. There are so many people with their PCS that have not um, gone through a residency because residencies are necessarily not that accessible either. Um, So, I completed a residency knowing that one benefit would be that I would be focusing on preparation for the exam throughout my entire residency year, Um, but I also was in a study group with five other people in which they had their own structured program that worked for them, um, and they put in the extra time just like I was putting in extra time during a residency program.
1: Um, I guess, before I actually ask this question, I would think, I assume that all of you are willing to have questions sent to you um, via email or things like that. So I'm sure when we do upload this, the recording, we can um, include everyone's emails on there so that if, you, if any of the questions that you really had um, were not answered, um, you can definitely email whoever you feel like would fit the answer that you need. Um, but the final question, in 30 seconds or less, if you could give one major piece of advice to a new graduate um, or a student wanting to go into pediatrics, what would it be or um, or you could answer what do you wish you knew before you started as a new grad?
5: I can do what I wish I knew. Um, I wish I knew that you're really treating the entire family. Um, your relationship with the parents is so important when you're treating kids so, Make sure you look up like self management techniques and all those things because if the parents aren't um, invested and you know like into what you're doing as a PT, then the kid's not going to get the PT at home. Um, also, make sure you have bubbles. That's like your best therapy weapon.
3: I'll kind of go with that. Bubbles are always great. Um, mainly have fun. This is why you went into pediatrics is to have fun. Act like a kid. Be a kid. Let just let have a blast. Um, and also, you know, just don't be so hard on yourself. You know, lend yourself some grace. It's going to be challenging. You're going to feel frustrated and feel like you don't know anything. But use your, you know, self reflection. I feel like that's really helpful for you in your um, first year. It's just self reflecting on what things go well, what things can I do better, and don't give up. Keep following your passion. Everything timing's everything, and you'll find that dream job.
4: I think my number one piece of advice is get involved. I've met so many of my mentors in pediatrics just by going to a few meetings and having people recognize me there as a new regular attendee. And my relationships have grown from there as I've flexed to get involved in the current events. Um, The current social inequities exposed by the pandemic and social unrest uh, around the nation have really showed the ways in which systemic racism in America is rampant and really affects healthcare so the barriers to get involved in that type of work are down around the nation so start getting involved because the involvement is is there there are things to do whether it's talking about telehealth and being a student voice on that or being a new professional voice there or getting involved in Beating down some of those systemic, the systemic racism in our system. But the more you get involved, the more your network and practice will grow more robust. Um, APTA Engage is huge in that. I've, I've um, volunteered just randomly for a couple different things, and that has led to some great things that I'm doing right now. Um, in, even though I'm not working,
2: um, set your own success. Um, realize what you want in life and what your your life goals are and be happy with that. Um, it's not always about the job and it's not always about where, what title you have or where you are. Um, I thought it was at first, but I've come to learn that it's not. And I think my successes is, is waking up every morning, loving to go to work and loving what I'm doing. Um, and that's more important to me. Um, and that took me actually a long time to figure out. So set your own success and, and enjoy the ride. I will say there's plenty of times There's highs and lows, but you're always going to make progress.
0: Um, It's just like the body. Your career will be the same way. I think my piece of advice would be um, to take care of yourself because you're not prepared to walk into a clinic and take care of somebody else's needs if um, you're carrying in your own baggage. And so really finding something outside of work that fills you is really important too because I'm sure this is almost in every other setting in PT but I really found it in pediatrics our families come with a lot of stories and like it's been mentioned you know child protective services is called and sometimes these kids are adopted from terrible situations and it took me a while to figure out that I was even bringing it home um I had to have my boyfriend actually tell me like you can't come home and tell me all of the sad stories at the end of the day because who am I supposed to go tell then you know, so you have to take care of yourself. I found for me personally, that if I just went for like a 30 minute run regularly, I was able to kind of cope with all of that in my head. And then I was able to not take all of work home. And I was able to take my best self to the next day at the clinic. Um, So really take care of yourself in your career, because that's important for you to be able to take care of other people.
1: Awesome. Um, Thank you all for coming and joining. Thank you to the panelists for answering all these questions and being so amazing.
0: Um, But yeah,
1: thank you all for coming.
0: This concludes the new professional panel episodes. Scroll down for our show notes where you will find links to the WCPT website Hannah mentioned, links to our podcast episodes about each of the SIGs, how to get involved with APTA mentorship program, and contact information for each of the panel members. This was mentioned many times throughout the panel, so it's important to note that remember in whatever path you choose, have fun and build your own success. Till next time, friends.